Mr. Calculon, uh, thank you very much for coming to Chromacast, episode 21. Really appreciate it. Uh, give you guys a, a, a little bit of an intro. Nick Calculon, he releases amazing drum and bass on all kinds of labels. He plays all over the world. This man is a busy, busy man putting out amazing stuff. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> so, um, give you—I guess—I'll give you guys a rundown. You've been—you guys—you've been putting out music all over the place. Um, you're heavily involved with Rubik Records, um, Shoot Recordings. Um, you've been on uh, Celsius and Elm Imprint. Um, I know you're going to be putting—you've been putting out stuff with Voyage Music. Um, yeah. I would like you to kind of give us a rundown on on the labels you're involved with and then how you're involved with them and um and and stuff like that and then we can talk about some of the releases you'll be you have put out and then are going to be putting out give us the rundown sir uh well the, the two labels that i run uh are uh, shoot uh and rubik mm-hmm. um shoot recording is the one that uh that i started more recently yeah um and then uh, Rubik is the one I took over from Cubix. Actually, that label was started in, in uh, Bristol by uh, BC and Cubix. And then over the years, uh, somehow it wound up to be <laughs> my label. Nice. And uh, I, I run it with, uh, with my friend Billy, who's out in New York. And uh, yeah, that, 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 that's more like the liquid funk sound these days. We're, uh, right now, we're pushing uh, music by Eavesdrop and Glenn Easton and uh, stuff like that. Uh, we released the, uh, the Zero T remix of Ben Carlos. I thought that was pretty cool to get a Zero T remix. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I listened to that. Um, he did a great remix, and I mean, your your tune with that, uh, Ben Carlos, with you did with Dave Owen and Chris uh, Christine Tamayo. That's just a great tune. Like it's very like I kind of felt like it was a really nice jazzy tune, and Christine give gave some like really amazing vocals too. Yeah, I don't know if people know, but that was uh, that tune was signed to Good Looking. Oh, what? I didn't realize that. <laughs> we did contracts and everything, but then uh, the label folded, and I, and I had a phone call to book him. I was like, yo, dude, let me put it out. So, uh, that's, so I did. Wow, that's that's great, dude. <laughs> well, at least it, it wasn't like lost in the ether. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I had uh, had conversations with other artists and they, had, they warned, uh, warned me not to let that happen. So I got the tune back, but I'm with two nights about the whole thing. Ah, uh, that's really great. So, and then with uh, with Rubik, you just put out um, Fierce uh, with a bunch of remixes by like Survival and Skeptical and DJ Mad. I, I love that tune. It's kind of like got that nasty warehouse vibe. Just got more fierce. 
Yo, yo, this is Calculon. Right now, you're locked in to Chromacast. I wanted to talk about, like, you know, that tune, you've been putting out a lot of stuff that's sort of like the the big drum and bass, like, nasty bass line sounds, but you've also been putting out, like, a really amazing uh, musical drum and bass, and I like you're able to do both. Um, is that something you, you kind of strive to do? You you like to um, kind of, like, spread the love out between subgenres, or what's your thinking around that? Uh, I mean, sometimes it's intentional, and, and sometimes I just get bored, and, you know, I hate, I hate doing the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, I jump around, and I like, you know, I'm drawing different, different, direct, uh, different areas, like, uh, um... No, I like I like some of the new stuff. Like I, I, I did see with Danny Skrilla on that one. That one's kind of different. And I don't know. I just like like constantly doing new things and trying trying new concepts. That's nice. I, I feel like sometimes artists kind of get stuck in their in their rut and they forget that you know what people are gonna appreciate whatever music you put out as long as you're like putting your heart into it. And I think you do a good job of doing that, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. For sure. Um, you've also like been putting out a bunch of stuff with Voyage, like one of my favorite tunes um, that you released with them is Alley Girl with Saxon. I still like, I still play that a lot. Um, but you have some stuff coming up um, off Voyage. I think um, Greatest Fun, and then you have a tune with with Six Block coming up, right? And Six Block and J. Yeah. It- yeah. And JB, yeah, exactly, yeah. Nice. You, uh, do you want to talk about uh, talk about those when when they should be coming out? Uh, I, I keep asking the uh, uh, the label all the time when they should be coming out, but nice. I think fairly fairly soon in the next next few months, it's uh, it's going to be the fifth one in the catalog, and uh, the next release to drop is zero zero three. Nice. So. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit, but yeah, the teams are done, and uh, I'm I'm excited, you know, for them to get out because uh, they're fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I listened to Greatest Fun on, on SoundCloud. Uh, I I did I couldn't find a clip of Live by the Street. Is there a clip up that people can listen to? I'm sure it's in a mix somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a as a general rule, I kind of keep stuff locked down until pretty close to release. But um, nice. But uh, it, it's out there somewhere. <laughs> people are playing. People are playing it. Yeah, do do your do your homework. Go your yeah, and go go Google look for it. Yeah, Google.com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. The other uh, question I had, and like kind of involving music, and this kind of like speaks to you know your role as a label boss. Um, a lot of stuff you've been putting out, like you kind of do vinyl and you also do digital as well. Um, I want to ask you, like, how are you, how is vinyl doing for your labels? Um, are people still buying it versus digital? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, well, I think it's, it's tougher than ever. I mean, it's just been a pretty much the more and more the digital you know, music and streaming is pervasive, you know, the less people are inclined to, to pick up a record and listen to it. I don't know, there's less digit. I don't know. There, there's a general decline, but then, you know, I have these experiences, like I was in, uh, I was in Limerick, Ireland a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, these guys, you know, they're still carrying around crates of records, and they're setting up the turntables, and they're all playing records, and it's like, nice. you know, you make records for people like that, you know what I mean, but for the yeah. people that still do it, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
it's tough, but you know, like the the Fierce record, you know, it took forever to come out because we had you know issues with the record, and and you know, if it came out digitally, it would have came out right away. But mm-hmm. you know, some things uh, should come out on vinyl still. You know what I mean? I agree. I, I think the the sound that you get from a vinyl record is just you, you can't beat that with digital. No way. So what kind of issues did you have with the record? Like, was it a physical, like, imprint thing? Like, with, with the... Ma- uh, the... So basically, the, the, the when the mastering house cut it, um, there was some digital distortion from the baseline, and we're like, well, you know... And then plus that, the, the one side wasn't as loud as the other, because basically Survival, you know, he did his mix down, and then he mixed down the original, so his side is super loud. Uh. But then the other side was, was kind of quiet, so they were trying to push the B side to get it as loud as the A side but then they, they got the, like some distortion from the bass line from the skeptical bass line uh. and then basically we were like trying to tell them to like you know fix it and they were like oh well, it's within a reasonable margin of error and then they wanted me to pay money and then I was like what the ass and then we actually put it out but the whole process like the year from when I sent in the pre-masters to when the record came out pretty much sorry for all the support you with all the details but you know sometimes vinyl takes a long time no, I think that's that's something that um, a lot of people don't realize. You know, when you're when you're putting music onto vinyl, like it's a physical medium, and you can sometimes push the limits of that physical medium. Sometimes you have to like go back and redo it. A lot of people don't realize that, right? Well, yeah, there's a whole process, and you know, even though the, the tunes were done, um, you know, I had to wait a year to release it because you know you don't want to release the, the vinyl. Uh, you don't want to release the vinyl a year after the digital. So yeah, I don't know. And then that can, you know, there's a pressure as a DJ to always put out music. So like it kind of kills you to be sitting on these tunes, yep. you know, because you're waiting on the vinyl to be finished. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Um, cool, man. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'd like you to talk about like some of the some of the artists that are really inspiring you right now, and I'd also like to know some of the artists like you really you haven't worked with yet, but you'd really love to. Uh, well, I mean, when you ask me who I'm into, I mean, uh, the first guy that came to mind was Mars Sounds. Mm. I mean, he's just he's just incredible. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Paris recently and, and uh, stay with stay at his place and check out his studio. That's amazing. Um, uh, but uh, he's he's just an inspiration. His studio set up. I mean, he it's set up like no one else's. I mean, I was just blown away. Well, wow, what's the like? How is it different? Uh, he he has this, basically it's set up around like dub music. You know, he has this mixing board and, oh. and everything like like kind of live yeah. dub mixing. And I, I don't want to give away like his secrets or anything, but sure. let's just say he he uses some of the techniques that, t- that King Tubby used. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he, like, he keeps it real with the gear and the filters, and, 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 and it's just... It's inspirational, man. Uh, you know, let's. Um, I remember when he came and you opened for him at Respect, and to see him play live, he literally was playing like those the old Jamaican like dub reggae dudes. He had a mixing board out. He was doing yeah. li- live effects and everything. It's something I'd never ever seen before. He was incredible. Yeah, and that's like you know those sounds and that kind of like aesthetic. I mean, that's what initially drew me into the music. You know what I mean? Like right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. Um, cool. So, yeah, like, we were talking about, you know, the last show you had at Respect, I think that was in December, correct? Yeah. Um, you played a great set, by the way. I was blown away. Thank you. Very, very good. But uh, you've also, I mean, 
that's one thing that you are always doing. You're always on tour. You're always somewhere amazing. I'm, I'm super jelly. <laughs> but uh, you recently had uh, like shows in Denver and St. Louis and, and more recently, I think, San Diego and L.A. Um, do you want to talk about how those went? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I thought, um, so, uh, it was good to go to, to, to Black Box because, um, I'd heard a lot about that venue and I'd never been there, so it was cool to check that venue out. I don't know if you've heard of that. I haven't actually. Uh, yeah, what, what's up with so, Black Box? So, yeah, so, um, like, I think it's the Submission crew, uh, Nicole Submission, and, and, and anyways, like, they're, like, this bass crew in Denver bought this club, so they have a dedicated two-room bass club, wow. and uh, they, they host, you know, they also have the Deport Lounge, and they have other clubs in Denver that would be a pretty good team there, but wow. um, I've heard a lot about this place, because a lot of uh, a lot of Denver bass people go through there and put work rides and stuff. Um, so, so that was cool to check out that, uh, that, uh, venue but uh, the altitude <laughs> oh my god ruined me and Denver okay. I, I didn't do too, too so well with the altitude <laughs> um, but uh, I, I gotta say um, St. Louis was exceptional well I hadn't played there in like five years or something um, but there's a bunch of people that I remember me playing the previous time there's a good turnout there's a great vibe they're always really excited and nice. you know it was, just, it was just an amazing vibe which um, frankly I didn't expect from St. Louis but it was fantastic oh that's awesome uh, um, and that was good because I, I tend to moan sometimes and I was kind of moaning that, that there weren't any, you know, fantastic shows recently. But, um, you know, the one in San Diego, Cobble Lounge, felt really good too. There was a good reaction and then St. Louis was good. And yeah. uh, the last few ones were decent. Nice. That's good. How did the show in L.A. go, by the way? That was on the 22nd, I think, right? Yeah, that was really, that was really cool. Um, 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 there was a warehouse party and it was outdoors. The weather was great and... and uh, it's just fantastic. I mean, I don't know how many warehouse parties you go to, but I don't go to very many in downtown LA anymore. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of rare. It's like a special party. Yeah, yeah. There's there's been a few we've been going to, but um, you know, for the most part, I I kind of just pick and choose uh, the quality events. Um, mainly because I'm old and I need my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, besides uh, those places, you know, which are kind of like you know domestic spots, you also you do a great job getting out to um, places like the UK and and Europe um, and Japan. You've been to a couple times. Is that correct? Or just yeah, I've been there twice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, how are how are those like specifically? Let's talk about Japan first. How did you end up going to Japan, and and what was your experience like? Like, what can you tell us about the scene out there? Well, I got a shout out DJ Wizard because that was how I got to Japan the first time. Oh, but, that's um, amazing! Yeah. Woot woot. <laughs> yeah, he had a connection in Osaka with uh, with this guy Yutaka who does grind records out there. Mm-hmm. And they also do shows, and uh, and I I had a two week tour in in China, but I was able to pay back the gig off of that, and then and then this um, promoter and uh, producer in Tokyo, Madeable, found out I was in Osaka, so he picked back the Tokyo gig off of the Osaka one, nice. and then I did a, a week in Hawaii. It was a, that was a pretty rough month. Oh <laughs> yeah, jeez, your life's so hard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's that's great, dude. It's I love. I love the fact that you know if you if you're going somewhere like it's really good to try and hit up 
people who are in the area because you never know you might tack on another gig or or meet somebody you'd like to work with or something did you come out of the jack yeah exactly the way it worked yeah yeah did, did you come out of the japan um uh, gigs and, and also china i guess with some new connections and did you end up making any music with people out there um, you know, I didn't really make any music when I was out there, but, but, uh, Madeable, who brought me out to Tokyo, um, we stayed in touch more, and, uh, he brought me out to Japan the second time, and we released some of his music on, uh, on Rubik, um, and, uh, I was gonna put some of his stuff in the mix I'm doing for you guys, because he's making, his new stuff is pretty cool, too. Nice. Um. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always great to make connections. I mean, uh, I know it's, it's, I'm switching places, but, like, in Istanbul, I've made a lot of connections in particular over the years. Wow. Um, with, the, with the people out there. And, and uh, there's just certain places you go where you just, you know, you just kind of build connections. Yeah, um, Ist- Istanbul, that's incredible. Have you, have you, like, how was that? Like, I've never even thought about Istanbul oh, it's amazing or, yeah. oh yeah there's, there's this club out there called uh, Pixie Underground I know it's a funny name but <laughs> it's in the pop, it's in the popular part of town called Taxim mm-hmm. and uh, it's run by this guy Osgore and and, and, uh, and and all the people there and it's just it's, it's amazing it seems like this dedicated bass club and I've, I've played there three times I think mm-hmm. and uh, and, it, and it's just it's amazing like I don't know how else to say it I mean it's not it's not gonna you know, uh, say it's, it's, you know, it's not the best club in the world but the vibe is just special you know what I mean yeah. and just being able to be in Turkey and, mm-hmm. and, and because of music like you're there because you play jungle records it's yeah. just surreal you know that's incredible wow now I want to go to Turkey that's like that's my next trip <laughs> well I'll hook you up with the people out there man they, they love good DJs and they love uh, they love visitors dude that would be amazing <laughs> I would I would like hug you forever if you did that Nick <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo, this is Calculon. Right now, you're listening to Chromacast. Also, like, you, you've been out to the UK quite a bit and, and Europe. Um, let's talk about, I guess, like, the, the crew in the UK. Uh, you just recently did a tour out there in March and April, right? How was, how was that for you? Yeah, um, I mean, the, the shows are cool. Um, I mean... It, the the best parts were like making music I think like uh, I made the tune to Dennis Scola out in Munich where he started a second tune and I, I in London I was like up with HLV mm-hmm. actually one of the biggest highlights is uh, uh, I've known Steve's uh, survival for a few years yeah and uh, he like cooked dinner I don't know if you know he's on he's on he was a finalist on MasterChef UK what that's amazing <laughs> so like it was like a MasterChef UK level dinner like it was just phenomenal and it, and it was with the Scar guys, you know, it was with the uh, script. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, and then Steve Survival, and then Emilio HLV, who was uh, part of Me for Mirrors for a long time. Wow. And so it was, it was just like they're all like funny guys, and you know we're all just shooting the shit, and then the food was amazing, and that was that was a really big highlight. Oh my god. <laughs> so what kind of food did he cook you? Oh my God! So, so that I'll tell you about the, the dessert um, in particular. So he did post pear, and there's like you know candy raisin and stuff. But he made a special ice cream what? to complement the pear. So what, what do you think would complement pe- a post pear? What complements pear? Let me think. Like I'm thinking like another fruit, maybe like raspberry, or if you want to go. What, s- think, what, what, what's think up? Cheese? Oh, cheese. 
Uh, like a goat cheese or something? He made gorgonzola ice cream. Damn. What? Wait, you can make... Okay, hold on. You just blew my mind. You can make I ice cream you. out of cheese. I can't. No, I can't do this, Nick. It does not. It, it does it not was, compute. It was incredible. <laughs> that was just. I mean, that was the dessert. Like the food was incredible. I mean, I personally, I'm not a big fan of black pudding and mushrooms, but he made this like pork loin, and it had that stuff with like oh. a you know like a reduction on it. Like, yeah. Just the most incredible. Oh, how could I forget? He gave us each a raviolo. So raviolo is singular for ravioli. Yeah. And it was. It had. A, he took it like for he timed it just right because it had an egg yolk in it in the middle. What? So you and, and on you know beneath the egg yolk was uh, was was like some potato and cabbage. Uh-huh. And you would cut into the raviola and the egg yolk would just spill all over it. Oh my amazing. god, dude! No, I'm just I just got hungry. Um, I gotta go to lunch. Okay, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, that was phenomenal. Oh, oh, and it was record store day. Oh like, yeah, the, the next day so like I went and and, and, and and I saw Luke Vibert play in this record store I mean what? he's a legend and I had <laughs> Death played and I met Death and Tim Parker showed up and Fracture was there ran into Fracture oh. and Ray Keith was like playing a house set and then but, like we left and then later on like Aunt TC1 was playing a four hour metalhead oh damn set. so of course we had to swing by and say hi to everybody and check that out like mm-hmm. London is, was just popping this time it was really it was really good I didn't play a gig but mm-hmm. you know, like I needed to be there in order to get to Limerick, and I, I had to meet up with everybody. It was, it was a, I had a phenomenal time in, in London. Oh my God, that, I don't think you can like ever make a better trip. And like London's done for you now. <laughs> that sounds like the best time of all time. <laughs> it, it was, you know, and I, I, I thought it was going to be like, oh shit, because I get anxiety when I go to London because it's so expensive, you know. Yeah, but, uh, totally. but it was really great. That's amazing. So uh, yeah, I do want to let's talk about since we're on the subject of like food and and things like that like that that's one thing i noticed like you're always posting up about super interesting places to eat um in particular near san diego where you live you often are in tijuana checking out the local fair right i gotta tell you like you know you gave us the rundown on your dub plates what's up with your food plates man like what <laughs> what's your what's your new favorite secret food that nobody knows about <laughs> oh well well that nobody knows about so i haven't tried it yet but um i just went by a food truck that does torta de chiriquiles oh oh what and i'd never even heard of that before i'm like how would you make i've heard of a chilaquila burrito but not a tortilla chilaquila so. dang i hadn't i never heard of that either <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued to try that do you know um, the name of the truck on that the, the truck was uh i posted it on twitter i forget what it is at the moment but um you could probably yeah. just search tor- uh, you could probably just google that and it would be like one one truck that only does that. <laughs> yeah, torta, torta de chiquillas. Well, I found a, a Munchies article in, in Spanish from Mexico on, on the whole thing because mm-hmm. they, they call it a culinary abomination. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> They're offended. Well, well a, delicious, a delicious one at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I'm not I'm not mad about that. I will, I will definitely try that. <laughs> oh, we were just recently, my wife and I, down in Tijuana, and we went to this restaurant called, I think it was... Corriente 
Gay Nice or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I think I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my good, God. Right? Oh, my God. Dude, the octopus carpaccio. Uh, I'm still having, Amazing. like, wet dreams about that. It was delicious. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like Tijuana is, like, totally in the last five years is, like, coming into its own. It's having, like, a food and, and beer and wine That's revolution. Exploding. Yeah. It's... Tijuana's really blossoming because the thing is is that you know the, the tourists don't come anymore so they don't do that thing where they pander to, to your foreign taste yeah. it's Tijuana for the locals so it's affordable and it's local and it's you know I don't want to throw around the word sustainable but it feels that way you know what I mean like it yep. just it feels like local and great yeah it feels very organic and um, every time we've gone there in the last five years it's just like there's something new popping up um, uh, the whole you know near, near Ensenada Valle de Guadalupe, the, the the wine valley that's over there. That, fantastic down there. Oh my god, it is the best. It is the best. People, you need to get your ass to Tijuana and you need to get your ass to Ensenada and and Baja wow. California. Yeah, it's it's the place to be right now. This is Calculon representing for Shoot Recordings and Rubik Records on Chromacast. I want to talk about your production next because you've been making some really amazing tunes. Your your sound is just on point, and I want to know some of the details around like your setup, some of the processes that you've been using, some of your favorite techniques, favorite plugins. Um, let's start right now with um, whatever you can tell us about your your setup without giving out all your secrets. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm I'm fairly basic with, with what I use. I mean, I got um I got Logic on my laptop, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I got my monitors here. It's not really. I mean, basically, I like to get sketches going with samples and and uh, go from there. Yeah, nice man. Um, any any favorite plugins you've been using recently? Uh, <laughs> I use Sausage Fattener, which everybody uses all the time, right? <laughs> Everyone like throws shade to Sausage Fattener, but hey, man, yeah. it gets it fat. I don't know. It sounds good, man. I, I like it. Yeah, it does what it says on the box. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Um, yeah, and then, you know, but I, I was using computers forever, so uh, I don't know. I want to try to, like, get more into, like, emphasizing it, even if it's a little hand-on sense or, or whatever it is. Yep. That's cool. Um, do you have you used any hardware since something that that would be your favorite? You want to pick up or something like that? Mm, not yet. I just started looking at them. Nice. Yeah, I've got I've got a Novation KS4. That's I bought super cheap off some dude in in uh, uh, like near Huntington Beach, and that thing's amazing. Like, there's something to be said about hardware. Like, it just sounds different. It sounds cleaner and more open. I definitely recommend getting some some hard sense for sure. And I need some dub sirens too. I need some more of that that dance hall sound. Yes, yes. Yeah, you should pick up like start start getting into electronics and you know start become the the next King Tubby. <laughs> you know, so uh, there's another guy um, I took talked to Ahmed at, at Respect mm-hmm. for a little bit. And uh, he said his favorite producer was also King Cody. And mm-hmm. he said a lot of the half step and a lot of stuff that he inspired, basically he was just trying to do like King Tubby kind of dub kind of stuff and like nice. you know both of those guys 
that's their favorite guy, you know? I mean, you, you can't really argue with a dude who created his own reverb, right? Like, that's what he would do. He would he would solder his own circuits, and, and it was basically like his sound, no matter what it, it was running through, which is just like, you know, you can't get much more custom than that, right? Well, it's just, you know, just having that that awareness of like the, the roots of where the sound comes from and like keeping it keep it real. A lot of people, I mean, uh, you know, it's easy to like, like, yo, it's 2017 and you look at the Spotify top 10 and you try to make this like plastic sound like everybody else. Or you could, you know, look at the roots and be like, man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna use updated techniques, but I'm gonna pay tribute to where it all comes from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the way to go, I think. I want to talk about like when you sit down to write a tune like what is your process do you kind of get sketches of parts of the song out or do you try to arrange it all at once like what's your process with that well I mean uh, I, I like to have like I like to kind of write around the, the drop you know like that's like the, the the part of it that really gets me so you know usually I'll have like a sample that I'll start with whether it's from like an interview or a movie or whatever mm-hmm. and then uh yeah, and then you kind of get your groove going, you know what I mean, based around the, around the you know, and then you, you get the strongest, you know, loop that you can get, and then from there, then you know if you have a, a tune or not, you know what I mean, you usually start from sketches, and the strongest sketches get finished. Yeah, you kind of spiral out, right? Do you, do, yeah. do you often start when you're, when you're building the drop, do you start with drums, or you start with a bass line, or does it, like, kind of mix up from tune to tune? Yeah, you tend to you tend to always have the the drums before the bass, mm-hmm. and then it's like the, the samples for the vibe, and then you write the drums around the sample, and then you do the bass. I wanted to ask you about like your mix down process. Do you do the mix down separately, like after you write the tune, or do you do it like kind of like while you're writing the tune? How do how do you handle that? Uh, so yeah, I, I mean when I'm working on something, I tend to mix down as I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say you know not every release that that we're putting out um, is my mix down. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the recent stuff uh, like Survival's been mixing down. Nice. Um, um, because it's just it's, it's night and day I mean uh, having an, a proper engineer you know do the mix down makes makes a big difference in the tunes absolutely yeah and, it, and then I kind of feel like it frees you up as an artist to just keep writing and it kind of that probably helps you increase your output that way too you don't have to worry about a mix down right well <laughs> I could always make more tunes that's for sure <laughs> nice all right. Um, well, Nick, I I gotta um, I gotta end the interview right here. But I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about all the amazing stuff you've been doing. Um, can you give us a rundown about like future? Um, gigs where can we see you play upcoming next and uh, we I know we talked about some releases on Voyage that you have coming up but do you have any other releases coming out and then also give us the connections like where can we find you on the socials where can we listen to your music all that stuff uh, cool well um, I'll start with the gigs I have um, next round of gigs on the east coast so I have um, September 22nd uh, rally uh September 23rd playing in D.C. for the first time. Nice. And then uh, the 25th in Orlando. Cool. And um, 
I haven't locked down the dates yet, but uh, I should be doing uh, Seattle and, uh, and maybe San Francisco to start September. Cool. And uh, as far as tins, um, um, you know, I, I do have the, um, on Voyage, the, the, the greatest fun is the single coming out. Um, uh, but, you know, there's also a survival ring, the Valley Girl coming out. That's the next one nice. that's dropping. Um, and then there's, uh, there's Live by the Street, which is a JV and Six Block. Um, I also worked with Six Block on a tune with uh, Shemanga, and that's coming out on Defrost Attica, which is a label out of Leipzig. Yeah. Um, but that one's cool because that's coming out on, on vinyl. Um, and that's a, I believe it's a 14 compilation, and Fanny's on there also, and a couple other guys. That's wicked. Um, but that one, that part one got a lot of hype because it had Sinistar yeah. on part one, and so this is part two that we're on. Nice. Um, and then uh, I have another vinyl release because I, I just love music coming out on vinyl with uh, BSN Posse. They have a seven inch coming out. Um, and there's a track that we did, Mr. International, is coming out on there. Okay. Um, nice. So, yeah, and then I'm working on a new EP, but that's, uh, that's not, not done yet. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be for the future. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. Great. Um, hook us up with all your, your social media stuff. Where can we find you? Where can we listen to you? Um, everything. Uh, sure, most of most of the sites it's uh, at Nick Calculon, so N I K C A L C U L O N. Um, uh, but for SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash/Calculon, uh, and then uh, on Bandcamp it's uh, Shoot Recordings and uh, Reboot Records. If you uh, look at the on Bandcamp, it's the same for the SoundCloud and um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for dropping by. Everybody out there listening, you guys go check out Calculon. Go check out Rubik Records. Go check out Shoot Recordings. All quality, interesting stuff in the drum and bass vein. This man is a beast. Thank you so much, Nick. Uh, you too, kind. Thank you. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the mix. Yeah. All right. Enjoy the mix, guys. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Head to thisischromacast.com for more of these sounds.